The Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language and listener discretion is advised. Is this thing on? Why does Cleo Soul look like um, Sade? Sade? She does. Is that her daughter? Cleo Soul. Oh. She does look like Sade. It's kind of oh. creepy. You like her song? I do. Is it cute? It is very cute. cute. So, oh. wait, do we do Welcome to Arts Explanatory Commons? Why not? I mean, I don't usually do this. This is not my role. Just trying something. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. It is definitely 2019. By the time this airs, I hope that 2019 has been very kind to you thus far. Um, I am Raquel Simone, and I'm actually very excited about today's guest for various reasons. When the idea to when I know words, when the idea to interview him was brought up, I laughed at myself because it's one of the most obvious choices for the podcast. He is an interdisciplinary artist. I said it right. He's an interdisciplinary interdisciplinary artist, <laughs> visual arts educator, entrepreneur. And the creator of Arts Explanatory Comma. Yes, that's right. We're putting Mark Francis in the interviewee seat. <laughs> and we're going to celebrate him as the fantastic creative that he is. So, welcome, Mark. Hello. Welcome, Mark. Hello. I'm so, so happy to be here. <laughs> Immensely over the moon. Oh. Which market can you... <laughs> that's the no, Brexit mark. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird already. Already? Like, there's nothing different. It's the same people in the room, same but it's people. weird. Who's in the room? Raquel oh, yeah. Simone. Vernique Francis. Our producer extraordinaire. I just be around. <laughs> With and, all the great ideas. And myself, Mark Francis. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I get right. even goofier when I'm awkward. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's okay. I'm so sorry. It's one you, of your do, <laughs> you do great accents, though. So yeah. maybe. Oh, you well, know. thank you. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate you. it. This feels. I absolutely appreciate it. I feel like I'm sharing a very intimate moment with, <laughs> with this accent thing. <laughs> it's Adele. Adele pronounces her THs as F. So thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, no. I, it's nothing creepy. I just do accents for no reason. She actually hates when I do accents because I'm usually being very silly. Mm-hmm. So, well, know. so we're going to add comedian to your bio? No, because I'm not. I, I've never been paid for that. Oh, okay. Um, Fair so, enough. Mark, we're interviewing you for your podcast. I, I wish everyone could see my smile. I wish they could too. It's so creepy. <laughs> but no, we're going to take this very serious. And yes, yes. Very I serious. know that we have talked about it before on the intro, mm -hmm. but I would like to engage you again on the topic from the creative perspective. Yes. Tell me your earliest memory of your connection to art. So the, the one that I talked about on the intro um, that's definitely still the same, uh, seeing my brother, my oldest brother, Mike, who is, even though all of us do something creative, um, he's known as the artist <laughs> of the family. Um, but seeing him when I was probably about 10 or 11 years old and he was drawing and I was entranced and just kind of climbed up on the dining room table where he was drawing and watched him draw for hours. Um, that's probably the most impactful 
Um, but the I think the one that got me on my own journey artistically was actually coming in contact with uh, graffiti around that same time. Actually, there too. Um, the one that got me into well, seeing graffiti, um, seeing friends at school with their sketchbooks, their black books, and all their drawings in there. Uh, but then also when I was probably in the seventh or eighth grade is when my brothers and I were in a video store. And uh, for you children out there, a video store <laughs> is a place where you go to rent VHS tapes. What is a VHS? It's like a cassette tape only with a movie on it. What's a cassette? <laughs> Shit, dude, we could do this all day. Yeah, huh? I know. What's a CD? What's a CD? <laughs> Remember when Netflix was like changing the blockbuster game? And now look. Yeah. yeah. My God, yeah, I feel old. but no, um, we were in the video store and we were looking. It's funny, we were looking at like faces of death. If anybody remembers those shits, nah. like they're t- they're terrible. Yeah, they're horrible. I'm, I don't even want to talk about what they are. But anyway, uh, we were looking in that category, and I kind of wandered off and started looking at random stuff, and I found this film um, that said Basquiat or ba- that. <laughs> I, no, I pronounced it. Basquate or some okay. something weird like that. Um, it looks like it sounds. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw the film. I turned it over and I read the synopsis on the back, and I was like, "Yo, I'm totally renting this shit." And I rented it and I watched it. And there's a scene in that movie where Basquiat is kind of distraught, and his mom is in a she's in a uh, mental hospital, and he goes to where it is, and it's it's fenced off on the front and he's screaming through the gate for his mom to come and I paused the movie on that part and found some random charcoal that I had that came in some art kit that my mom bought me for like my birthday or something and I did my first charcoal drawing of Basquiat and I kept that shit for like 15 years and I have no idea where it is now (laughs) what about the (laughs) synopsis made you say oh I'm buying this um Honestly, it was like buzzwords, okay. graffiti, artists, um, and it, I mean, it, it, it wasn't really like, it was more like a tug as I was reading it, like, yeah, you need to see this shit, and I was like, eh, eh, I don't know, but I got it anyway, and, you know, not to sound like uh, one of our wonderful citizens of the world with a man bun, but... It was before. It was. It was way before people were like, "Oh my God, Basquiat's so cool!" And Basquiat started being on T-shirts and pillows and shit. <clears throat> like it was. <laughs> yeah, you it, were in seventh grade. Yeah, it was at a time when like his memory was kind of fading a little bit, and you know, before the resurgence of his his popularity in pop culture. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, um, and just to follow up with that, did your brothers look at you crazy? Because y'all were looking at faces of death <laughs> so you brought you then bring up this boss quat to the, to the video store uh counter and say yeah i'm gonna get this that's a french biscuit it's a uh, french biscuit <laughs> well nah not really because so tony anthony francis from episode four my yes. brother Memories. um he he he's always been into poetry so you like we all had our own interests right Mm -hmm. so like he'd pick up his poetry shit and we'd be like all right whatever Mm -hmm. you know and they knew that i was into art and they were like all right whatever cool this might be interesting i don't even think either one of them watched that Watched Uh, it by yourself. yeah i think i think i watched it by myself after everybody went to sleep 
because um, I remember as I was drawing, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning. Like, <laughs> You're also, uh, what does your mom call you? Uh, my mother loves to call me uh, her raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Tear up the whole house yeah. at nighttime. <laughs> but that's because like, when I was little, I would not sleep and mm. I'd just be wandering around the house messing with shit. So, yeah. That seems I, about right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So, when, tell us more about when you made the definitive. I'm an artist. What was that moment like? Shit, that's happened a couple times. <laughs> okay, tell me about uh, the first time. <laughs> so the first time it happened um, was probably after watching that film. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to start trying to do all kind of shit. Um, I entered. That that actually was eighth grade, yeah. Because I entered rodeo competition for the first time that year um, with a painting. Um, and I got like an honorable mention or some shit, nothing too special. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at that moment I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And I want to, I want to make art and I want to, uh, I want to teach art on the collegiate level. Right. So that was the plan mm-hmm. from like 14 years old, 13, 14 years old. Um, and then after that shit got derailed, um, how did that get derailed? <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, y'all know. The listeners want to yeah, know. Sure, the listeners want to know. Um, if you haven't listened to our halftime episode, nor our uh, what are the episodes? Intro, intro, um, or any of the various yeah. conversations we've or had. Or if you've forgotten, um, when I started at TSU, my freshman year, two thousand two, two thousand three school year. So you've been going strong then. You yeah, had been I had been being an artist for your yeah. thirteen, fourteen. To I don't have any like cool ass stories about winning like art competitions in middle school and high school though, because I just didn't give a fuck about that. I just wanted to make what I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. But you were getting money. Yeah. You was getting I was, money. You was getting everybody eats B. Everybody eat B. <laughs> everybody as in me. Cause I sure Bought was candy, all the Skittles, <laughs> yo, all the M and M's. Yo, it was <laughs> y'all are silly. No, I, she knows this story. This so that's true. why he she sold his dumb. art. He actually I sold. sold. I sold drawings for people, uh, two people. Like I did custom drawings for them. Um, one of the ones that sticks out, my boy Will, who's an actor. You may have seen them him in the. Well, I'm not even gonna say that because I don't even remember the name of the show. I'm sorry. I don't remember either. It, he did great. Um, yeah, he did. He's a he was actor. a military man. He's a great actor. He's yeah. a great actor. Um, Valor. Val- Valor. Good. It was on the CW. He was in Valor. He did a great job. Um, but anyway, yeah, my boy Will, W. Trey Davis, um, as he's known on the screen. But anyway, um, it was, he, he was a thespian. So I did the, I'm sorry, I always think of these in terms of like gang tattoos. So the smile now. Uh, cry later uh, faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I did those and his name and graffiti and a bunch of other things that had to do with acting and such, just random stuff. Um, and I gave him the nickname Illard Willard, which of course now in 2018 is super whack, but it was really cool in 2000 something. It's probably whack then. Too, yeah, I was going to say. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I was doing drawings for people and selling them. Um, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, and it's yeah. a lot of money. It's, yeah, yes. especially no, you knew your worth early. Yo, <laughs> especially when you're a broke ass kid. Yes. Like when you when your family is broke and like, bruh, you know what I'm saying? Hell like yeah. you eat meals the same meal for like two weeks straight. Like when you live in that type of life, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, I just bought shoes and snacks with it though. Of course, like, I did. Skittles. Yeah, that's an alien not next. really Skittles. Yeah. I ain't really fuck with Skittles. Lots of chocolate. Chips. Pints of ice cream. 
chips. Okay. Real talk. We, but anyway. We get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, no. So, the yeah, my freshman year at TSU, um, I, I go into my art class and I get my first assignment, which was um, relating a wash basin. Oh, we talked about this with India. We sure did. India Lovejoy as well. Episode 12. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, relating a wash basin to, uh, or creating a composition using the wash basin as part of your elements in the drawing. And I did a wash basin in the center of a row house community um, with uh, clotheslines and things like that. And then the other side of it was a diptych. The other side of it was a Kenmore washer in the basement with a skateboard and a basketball and put old school over the wash basin, new school over the Kenmore washer and graffiti. And my professor gave me a D and really went off because graffiti had no place in his classroom. Um, the next assignment was to relate a woman to a piece of fruit. Keep in mind, I was 19 years old, so I'll let y'all fill in the blank. But he ain't like that either and gave me a D. And I dropped the class and didn't do any artwork for eight years. So, so, so the next time that I declared my uh, pursuit into this art thing, which is it's been a very long beginning, uh, <laughs> was actually a couple years after my brother died in 2008. Um knowing that he would no longer be able to create um, and that he always loved any and everything I drew um, and anything that I did creatively because he also really wanted me to rap as well but I was like mm, I don't want to be called a rapper um, I've heard Mark rap before <laughs> it's like I, one of the highlights of 2018 it's pretty funny <laughs> boy fire <laughs> spit hot fire dial on dial on anywho but no, nah, uh, yeah, so after he passed, I, I you know, kind of racked my brain because I was on this, uh, I took the long route to graduate college. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, not really, it was a lot of something, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so eventually I, I just decided like, nah, that's not the shit that I wanted to do. What I always really wanted to do was art. And that's when I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna get my shit together and I'm gonna go back to school for art. And I did, and I finished, and I've been doing different shit ever since. So, yeah. What does that different shit look like? Um, that's where the art educator comes into comes in play. The art education, yeah. Uh, and I, I've had to be honest with myself about that lately. Like I've been teaching high school for the past five years, but mm -hmm. honestly, that was because I couldn't find another job. But I knew I could go teach art. Um, I have been passionate about it though. Uh, but I have been one of the motherfuckers that I always make fun of. Uh, who go teach because they couldn't find a job. Um, but I did a great job at it. Um, I can say that with confidence. Uh, but yeah, so teaching, but then also still drawing, um, commercial drawing. We, Vernique and I have started doing our Christmas cards. I've been doing that. I've designed some logos for people. Um, what else? All kinds of stuff. Drawings, paintings, Deep. photography. Um, I got into photography when I got back into school, which was in 2010. So I've been doing that for nine years now. Yeah, nine years. That's January. Yeah. Um, so nine years now, which has been great um, commercially and artistically. So I want to unpack this as the uh, 
as the therapists say. Um, so <laughs> I was just getting ready to say the same thing. So go See, ahead. All right now. Um, so I want to talk about, uh, you talked about your artistic endeavors being derailed. Yeah. Uh, and you talked about that fuck ass teacher that um, made you feel <laughs> away. I've always said you should say his name, say it loud. But um, how did you feel after that teacher treated you badly? Um, and kind of what were your thoughts that you had when you decided, like, I'm not doing this no more? So there's a, there's a lot there, right? Because uh, since you decided to use a, a psychological term, I will speak about my psychological issues. Um, and my depression is tied to um, my feelings of self-worth. So I think in that moment, would, like, which most people would have been like, man, fuck him, I'm going to keep doing my work, right? And I've never really thought about it until like very recently the reason it took me eight years to get back it was because like that shit damaged me mm-hmm. <laughs> very badly like I was probably already triggered mm. by him devaluing my skill mm. and not you know coaching me on subject matter or anything like that but just devaluing my skill as an artist period um and that shit like it hit me like a Mack truck with two tons of bricks in that shit. Like (laughs) it was, it was horrible. And, you know, I always, when I was young, I used to always try to build up my confidence. I talk so much shit all the time. Like when I played basketball, I told people they had to call me LBMGK. What does that mean? (laughs) Little big man, giant killer. (laughs) It was just a random shit. Who called you that? Nobody. Nobody. Well, so there's actually this one dude, Gary Robinson, who went to Elsick with us, and he he called me that the last time I saw him, which was probably like two, three years ago, and I was laughing my ass off. But nah, like I had, I had, you know, my confidence was at a good place, I thought, but I didn't realize that that was a trigger for me. So Mm. when that shit happened, like. That shit tore me all the way down. Because from the age of 13, I was like, this is what I want to do. Right? And people had been bigging you up. Yeah. People had been encouraging you this whole exactly. time. But they weren't people that were in the art world. Mm. Right? So, so that's your first, first experience with that's, somebody. That was my first experience with somebody that I knew had been working in art professionally. And, you know, was a professor. I think he had a PhD um, in fine art uh, and, and shit like that. So it was like, well, shit you like you the motherfucker you the motherfucker i'm supposed to listen to yeah and you tell me i ain't worth shit well fuck i guess i'm not you know and i didn't i don't even think i hadn't even drawn anything i think from that point i didn't draw anything for anybody until probably 2007 when i created a logo for a friend of mine and then nothing else for the next couple years until i got into photography do you think that experience has influenced how you treat younger artists when you Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I think so for for me like I think one of my big things for people in general is that everybody's more creative than they give themselves credit for. Um, you do say that. You say that yeah, to me all the every, time. Yeah. Everybody's way more creative than they give themselves credit for. And the fact that the matter is is that like you know it, to to use the same cliché Picasso quote that everyone butchers or remixes um <laughs> the difficulty like everyone is born an artist right every child is born an artist the difficulty is remaining one mm-hmm. as you grow right but that's the same thing with everything like as a kid you're carefree but life beats the shit out of you mm. right it does the same thing with your creativity so the thing is to nurture that shit like i'm not afraid of somebody being a better artist than me great is for everybody? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's like I want to I want to encourage everyone to keep up their creative pursuits because there are transferable skills that are in that. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're analyzing and creating or if you're creating, then you having to analyze and make decisions for the next step. Right. You have to make these plans to figure out how it's going to come out in the end or learn to live with those fucking plans <laughs> or the lack of plan or, you know, figure out how to make things work. Those are skills that we all need to live this yeah. damn life. Right. Yeah. So for me, art is much bigger than just, you know, paint on a canvas or, you know, graphite on paper or whatever. It's, it's much, much bigger than that. It's about learning to deal with the things that are put in front of you because that's literally what art is, <laughs> dealing with the things that are put in front of you. So I tell my students all the time, like, you know, they come up to me and be like, mister, I don't like the way it looks. I don't answer questions. I ask more questions because <laughs> they have to figure it out. So it's like, mister, I don't like the way it looks. Why don't you like the way it looks? Well, because it don't look like I wanted it to. OK, so what's the difference between what you wanted it to look like and how it looks now? Right. But think about this, like. When somebody's like, oh, my God, my life is terrible. Okay, what's the difference between how your life looks and how you want it to look, (laughs) Mm. right? How do you find that path there? And it's about helping people guide their way through that, not telling people how to get to the destination, not creating the destination for them, but helping them through that. And that's what I like to do when educating people with art um, and letting them know, like, yo, I got you, but you got to try some shit. If Mm. you don't try it, there's nothing I can do to help you. Right. So. So what advice would you give to any of the artists that are listening who might have that experience where someone shook their confidence and they don't know if they want to create anymore or when it happens, if it have if it has not happened yet, how to respond to it to where they don't lose that creative edge? I'm going to say this in the most Christian way I can. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> just playing, guys. Sorry. Sorry. If, if you're religious, I apologize. I didn't mean to make light of your beliefs uh but no like (laughs) but nah i mean you really have to you have to get to a point where and we talked about this in episode five with brian ellison and with anthony in episode four and we be talking about it yeah all the time like it's it's you got to get that i love you but fuck you principle even if they're artists that you look up to you know what i'm saying because artists are fucking people right like they're just people so if you if it's somebody that you look up to and they see your work and they're like, and you know you have something good. Like, if you know, like, you know you have something good. Listen, listen, and evaluate your shit. But if you come to the conclusion that, like, I'm onto something, fuck it. Keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Because the fact of the matter is, like, there are two ways to look at it. One, you could absolutely be onto something great. And you're about to shoot yourself in the foot by listening to this person that doesn't yep. see your vision. Yep. But then there's also the, the the converse side of that. You might not be on the shit, but you still gotta learn. Like, plus, what's the worst that can happen? In that. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody if it tell you. Work? Somebody says, "Oh, I don't like that shit," or it's not successful. Cool. Figure out why that wasn't successful. What wasn't successful about it? How you can improve that shit and keep it moving? Because the fact of the matter is, there's always gonna be people that don't like your shit. Like yep. as many people love Basquiat. There are a shitload of people that hate Basquiat. That's how I feel about Beyonce haters, so I understand. Uh, well, Beyonce haters, like, they're very, very interesting. Tangential, tangential. Hey, I'm just saying, they're Pineapple. very interesting people. They, <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't even have a safe word, girl. You better stop. Oh, my God. Um, you but guys no. know what I do with? <laughs> 
But no, like, you know, there, there are people that don't like Picasso. I personally don't like a lot of, like, Eurocentric art. And people love that shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything ain't for everybody. And you got to remember that shit. And keep yeah. on moving. Keep on trucking. I think that's great advice. So, I want to talk to you about... Ooh, ooh, ooh. And pick up the book, Art in Fear by Ted Orland and David Bells. That shit will help you. We've talked about that in damn near every episode too, but it's a very, very, very important book. Is it art and fear or art in fear? Art and fear. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like we've remixed that title on several different episodes. Just want to make sure. We're, we're going to link it in one of yeah. our... Yeah. Well, Y'all should get advertising credits for that. I know. The yeah. book The book is amazing though. If y'all and know somebody that, you know, know somebody. We're going to set up man. an Amazon affiliate. Amen. But, right. <laughs> but nah, it's really like everything, like everything in that book is like, we as artists, as creative people, we have these thoughts that like we're the only ones that are feeling or thinking this shit. You're not. Ain't nothing new about you thinking, damn, this work is trash and I don't know how to push past that. Every artist thinks that shit about their own work. Mm. The pieces that we as artists love the most are the pieces that people don't fuck with. The pieces that like, <laughs> yeah, the pieces that we hate are the ones that everybody be like, yo, that shit's amazing. You be like, we got a few up in Mark's studio at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I get pissed off with them every time I every see them. Every time. Because they're so great. Well, well 2019 is about, is about starting and finishing. Like, mm. starting and finishing and showing. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's stupid. But starting and finishing and showing work, and with the help of my mentors, um, one of them knows that they're my mentor because uh, we've had this conversation. Rebea Bain, um, she's hey, definitely best friend. my mentor. Yes, Vernique and Rebea are best friends now. Um, <laughs> In my head. <laughs> and, and and Robert motherfucking Hodge, he may not know that he's my mentor, but he's he's one of my mentors also. Um, yeah, so with the help of them, like I will make sure that I'm finishing work and showing work, and I've been encouraged to put in an application for some crazy shit that I don't even see. Uh, That's how it happens. Because yeah. the vision is bigger than I you. I don't see the, Amen. yeah, you know, and the person who influenced me to fill out this application is Brian mm-hmm. and that's the same exact thing that he loves to say. Mm. The vision yeah. is bigger than you. Yeah. So, Shout out to Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that guy. But yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. I'm going to be working as an artist and photographer full time. Granted, that's to make sure that I'm able to stay alive and stay sane. But, you know, still, like, it's, it's exciting. It's scary as shit. But it, but it's definitely exciting. Aren't the best so. things that way though? Mm. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. is it that your success is just on the other side of your comfort zone? Yeah. I probably said it wrong, but it's something, something like that. that. It's something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Basically, stop being scared, punk ass bitch. Just do it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. however you got to get your love, get it. Yeah. yeah. This tough yeah. love or, you know, the nice stuff. So tell me, Mark. This is one of the interesting things that I know about you, and I feel like I was friends with you for a while before I found out. You speak Spanish, but you picked that up because you were studying abroad. No, so did I? Did so I, I further no, 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 oh, no, right. no. That's what makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes sense, but right? I, my so question the thing was, is, where's your art taking you that you haven't talked about? Um, 
you oh maybe i maybe i did remix the story weren't you doing and studying when you were in i was just studying in mexico not not yeah art. no i wasn't i never knew I, I, was I always made that connection i thought i was, it was studying you, i thought you were studying see art. you was about to have me tell a really funny story about oh no please how tell, please i tell originally it. picked up spanish like so i grew up in a leaf yes you know and everybody SWAT. thought he was colombian no 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 <laughs> So there was uh there were a few Puerto Rican and Colombian girls and most of them I didn't go to school with like when I was younger. I went to school with all the black and white girls. I speak English. I know y'all. You know what I'm saying? But I knew that if I didn't speak Spanish, like most of the girls wouldn't mess with me cuz they couldn't introduce me to their parents mm-hmm. or like okay. their their friends would be would feel some kind of way about them dating a black dude, right? So after hanging out with some of my homeboys that I went to middle school, because I also did a little bit of break dancing. I was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking terrible. Um, but hanging out with my boy Dennis Nuno, um, and and some other friends that we had, they were like, dog, you should just pretend to be like Puerto Rican or Cuban or Colombian or some shit. And I was like, But we got hella Puerto Ricans, we got hella Colombians. And they was like, Yeah, but we don't have a whole lot of Cubans. I have never so, heard this. You story. have heard this story before. So I This sounds doing, like a very A Leaf nigga thing. <laughs> I just wanna I, I just wanna say, and we're from different generations in A Leaf, but Nah, so sometimes I would just I, I just started playing with the accent and messing with people and telling them that I was I was Cuban. I and have never heard that's this how I story. would like get girls to come over and talk to me sometimes. Like, oh yeah, mamita. Oh my god. I love you, mommy. And then all this time, I told myself that so, you well, no. So the Spanish funny thing is, I didn't, no. So the funny thing is, like, I didn't really, I did at that point, like, even though I played around with that shit for like four years, like hanging out with my homeboys and shit like that. Which these were organic friendships. I wasn't hanging out with them to date their sisters, <laughs> um, but I I really didn't speak a whole lot of Spanish. Um, but then uh, when I was at U of H. I decided to do a study abroad because I had to finish a bunch of Spanish credits mm-hmm. to graduate <laughs> that semester. So I went to study for the summer. Um, I did meet some people and learn about some artists while I was there and made some relationships um, to where a couple people have asked me to come back to do some work there. But they're also asking me for money. So it's like do you really want me to come do art or do you want me to bring you money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, so yeah, but Cuernavaca was amazing. I love it. Where is that? Cuernavaca is about, about 45 minutes. No, it's like an hour and a half away from Mexico city. Okay. Still in, uh, well, it's not in, it's in Morelos, which is the state right next to, I want to get back to what was your question? Question. I was going to ask you where the coolest place that you've gone for your art, and then where do you, where do you want your art to take you? Um. What are your goals as an artist? You're getting ready to take the adventure to be a full time artist. I mean, the coolest place that places that I've been specifically for my art. The only place that I've been outside of. Houston specifically for my art was New York and that was actually commercial photography when I went to go intern for the Source magazine which that shit was not at all as advertised but it's cool <laughs> um it's fine no nobody tells you that shit you know what I'm saying like interning in New York 
is probably the shittiest place to intern. It's like, not real glamorous for though. everybody. It does. Yeah. But New York is glamorous to people until they go there in the summertime and smell all that piss and garbage. <laughs> 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 when you realize exactly how dirty New York is, and New Yorkers be like, nah, man, but that shit is amazing. You be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's because they, they've built up an, uh, their immune system to they it. They can't Yo, smell no more. But no, I mean, New York is dope because there's, there's so much in such a small area but there are 8 million fucking people. And what I tell people all the time is like, yeah, New York's great. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of people. But the problem is all those people aren't great people. So New York, 8 million people. Houston, I think we're 2.3, 2.4, something like that. So they have almost four times more people than we have, right? So let's think about that. Four times as many flaky motherfuckers. Four times as many motherfuckers ain't doing shit. Four times as many motherfuckers trying to rob you. Four times, like, you know what I'm saying? Four times as many racist people. Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's. It, it's so, two times, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, something. So we're in Texas. Let's, let's, true. We're in the true. South. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But nah, like, there's, there is something special about New York. But at the same time, like, I feel like if I'm not. If everybody in Houston don't know my name in the art scene, it's not time for me to go anywhere else yet. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, if if there's some sort of collaboration or I get an opportunity to go somewhere, I'm not going to turn that shit down. Sure. Holler at me. If you're in New York and you like what I'm doing, cool. I'm there. Chicago, I'm there. We're going to Chicago. Florida, yeah. The podcast is going to Chicago. Yes. We yeah, we yeah, are. We are. Yeah, we are. We are. We're going. We're going Once to go it warms summer. up. Once yeah. it warms up, though. Uh, well, do you feel like your internship, though, with The Source helped you grow in your photography and or um, your artistry in general? Yes and no. Explain. Um. So whenever you take the veil off of something you realize exactly how amazing and how trash it is at the same time, right? Like when you're allowed into the back room of something, you're like, oh, that's cool. Oh, but wait, that's how that is? Like, it's really like a, yo, what the fuck? So that's just regular ass makeup. Okay. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's kind of what it was. It was like, oh shit, this is what it is. Like this office of people just, Running around with like chickens with their head cut off to get this shit done. Oh, okay. Me and my partners can do that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, yo, but this magazine has been going for so long, so strong, right? I mean, not very strong anymore, but whatever. Um, but it had been, yeah, it still exists. Oh, you saw the look on my yeah. face? Yes. Oh, um, like, but yeah, like it, you know, it's, it was like, yo, they've been doing so much with so little for so fucking long, right? But at the same time, it's like, but I'm saying, though, like, y'all make it seem like this is the end-all, be-all, and you get there, and, like, you all of a sudden become jaded because you realize these are the same motherfuckers, same people that you can run into anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me uh, that I got out of it is realizing that I like shooting concert photography, which I haven't done since I got back. Um, since I came back to Houston after that, like a month after that, but it's just because it's difficult to find. It's difficult to find those press passes. Okay, so let's talk so. about that. You um, you realize you like concert photography. Let's talk about yeah. the different things you do. Rocky described yeah. you <laughs> as an Raquel interdisciplinary dis- artist. Raquel describes you as 
An interdisciplinary artist. Yes. And so what does that mean? I, I always ask y'all that because I always yeah. forget and I always have to Google. <laughs> but for you, what does that mean? Well, so for me, that means that the skills that I have live in the toolbox. And depending on what job I'm doing, what idea I have, like, I'll pull out whatever tool I need, right? So if I'm thinking of a particular series... Um, so, for example, one series that I'm going to be working on this year is All My Niggas Is Saints. In my head, it looks like drawings, right? It looks like drawings that kind of mirror um, the aesthetics of uh, Renaissance paintings of saints and things like that, right? Like iconography. But then again, it's like, well, shit, I have a camera. What does iconography mean? Come on, art history term. <laughs> um, iconography are, is paintings or sculptures and things like that of icons or saints or you know mary and the madonna and things like that um so that's what it looks like in your head yeah that's what it looks like in my head like these renaissance paintings of those things right so this this high sense of realism in the painting and the way that i'm creating the figure but at the same time i'm like well shit there are dope things i could do with photography maybe i could take some gold leaf and put it over a photo maybe i could take you know a photo and mat that shit down, like print it on matted uh, paper and mm. then draw or paint over the top mm. of that um, to make it kind of a mixed media situation. Um, but it's it's all about like what that particular subject is in that particular image, like that I think is gonna tell that particular story the best. So, you know, artists, most artists are learning new shit all the time. Like we talk to Hodge and Hodge, is always learning something new. Rebea is always doing something new, mm. right? Um, so it's a matter of continuing to build my skill set, continuing to add to my toolbox so that I can do more and more. Maybe one day I want to do some sculpture. Figure that shit out, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what interdisciplinary is to me. What are you going to do for... So with that said and what it is to you, what are your plans for 2019? My plans for 2019 are to, uh, well, I told uh, told this to Brian and uh, another one of my good friends, Ben, that for 2019, I have two mantras, do more and make more, right? So a lot of times we we get to that point in the day where we're like, man, I'm so I'm so tired. I just I just want to sit here. But it's like you're sitting here, but you're awake. You can still get some more shit done. Like <laughs> you can get some more done. So that's like, okay, cool. So that's the do more, right? But in that doing more, I don't want that doing more to just be, you know, I'm gonna relace my shoes to make them look really cool. Like <laughs> it's making more, making sure that what I'm doing is in line or reconciles with my dreams and my goals um for what I wanna do ultimately in art. All right. So so do more, make more. So spend more time making sure that the time that I have awake when I'm not spending with my beautiful wife and my children. She cute. She, yeah, that booted up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing, girl. All of you is beautiful. <laughs> All of you. Um, but no. Uh, <laughs> but no, making sure that the time that I'm not spending with my family is spent doing something productive, whether it's photography, drawing, painting writing whatever just making sure that it's something that's going to benefit the next thing nice 
As long as I know, I'm I'm sorry. You did I, so now. I, I, I was listening to what you were saying, and I'm really excited about that. And the reason I got quiet is because I'm very happy for you, and I'm saying this as your friend because don't, I think Mark's an amazing creative. Don't cry, because I'm. Not, you know I'm not gonna where's cry. Where's your epipen? You know I'm not gonna cry. You don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> but all of that to say, I think Mark is an amazing creative, and well, I have told him you. this the first time I think he showed me a piece of his art, and. I'm glad that I and I was hoping when we started this podcast mm -hmm. that that would be one of the goals that you would. Mm, what's the right word? Don't say that you would believe in your art a little bit more to go harder yeah. for your art, because I saw you stand for artists that, you know, we've interviewed yeah. some of your friends. I'm like, Mark is an amazing artist. We should celebrate Mark the same yeah. way that mm. he celebrates the people that we have on the podcast. And so that's why yeah. when we yeah. both I told you it was at the same time, you're like, oh, I want to interview you. I had the same idea. I was like, we should yeah. interview Mark because I wanted you to see that there is value in the things that you create yeah. and the things that you haven't created yet. But you're an amazing yeah. artist and I wanted you to believe that. So hearing you set your 2019 goals where you're about to go hard, yeah. I'm ready. Well, I, I definitely... So that's why I got quiet. I definitely <laughs> appreciate that. I will also say, though, that like, it's not... It's so funny. It's not the work that I'm not confident in. It's... And it, Vernique and I have talked about this. For me, sometimes it's being able to pull away, being able to feel like I can pull away mm -hmm. from her and from our kids to be able to go and get stuff done. But then also being tired as shit from working a full time job for people who don't give a fuck about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or you. Right? Yeah, or me. Well, to be fair, right? they care more yeah, about they, you they, here than they do. Yeah, other absolutely. Places, absolutely. Like the organization that I work for right now, they do care about me as a person. But at this point, like, I've been so burnt out by people who legit didn't give a fuck. Like, I'm sitting in class having a panic attack because I'm trying to figure out how I'm teaching eight preps. And they looking at me like, well, you need... Pull my your boss, big girl panties up. My boss legit told me stop bitching and complaining when I told her I was having panic attacks and I needed some resources. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so by the time you have... You go through three years of that, you know, and then I realize, oh, shit, hey... <laughs> I'm depressed as fuck, right? Like, I'm burnt out. Mm -hmm. I can't give you no more. I can't give you any more, right? I can't even give you as much as I gave you those first three years because all that shit was for naught. Like, yeah. <laughs> so at this point, it's just kind of like, I have to do what's best for me. And I'm realizing that, right? Like, I can't put everybody before me yeah. and expect for me to be okay because that's not the way that shit works. Mm -hmm. Right. So my brother said this beautiful and amazing thing to us all at my birthday party. And he basically said that sometimes the thing that you need to do, oh, the thing that you want to do is the thing that you need to do for yourself. And that's what this shit is. Like, I realize, like, I have to create. I have to make shit. And I know that, like, a lot of people that we've talked to, that we've interviewed, they've said that, but they haven't necessarily expressed like how that's actually tied to their mental health. I think Brian did. Yeah, Brian. But did. like legit, like this shit is tied to my mental health. Like yeah. I have to create. I've been holding mm. all that shit in and haven't been making anything. And I know that when I zone out listening to my music, which a lot of times I'm listening to some Boom 96, back. yeah, some 96 something like Nas, Big, oh, Food, oh my God. Something from the, the quote-unquote golden era of hip-hop, right? The boom-bap era, right? Like, that's the shit I'm listening to. But when I'm zoning out to that shit, like, that shit is so therapeutic. And I feel great. 
And, you know, Vernique can see that, like, even if I'm tired, you know, after doing that, like, I'm better. Like, I'm I'm a better version of me because I haven't been sitting up here scrambling around trying to figure out shit for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that's it, that's been the biggest thing for me, like, focusing on that shit. It hasn't been that I don't feel good about the work because I go back and look at some of the work and I'll be like, yo, that shit nice. Mm-hmm. I need to finish that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I just, I haven't taken the time to finish it. So it's the oxygen yeah. mask theory. It is. It is. You gotta put oxygen your oxygen mask. mask on first yes. and then help everybody else. I think they're laughing at me because I can't say oxygen right, but it's okay. It's because she's Jamaican. <laughs> no, but my <laughs> Jamaican grandmother laugh right there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I will say I have to shout out my 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 wife. I've done this. Several I'm his times. wife, by the way. Yeah, she's my wife. The booty. Um, no, <laughs> but no, I, I have poor to poor Raquel. <laughs> you should see her face. Yeah, I'm I'm used to it by now. Listen, I wish for you to one day be ogled at the same way that I ogle my wife. <laughs> I receive it. Amen. Stop. It gets weird for other people, but it's great for me. It's not even weird for me anymore. I just roll my eyes <laughs> to discourage you from taking it too far. Well, I haven't made her do the giggle that I like for her oh. to do because she'd be like, <laughs> she know what I'm talking about too. But anywho, um, that means it's gonna be a good night. Oh, oh my god, oh, Jesus! Oh no, but anyway, uh, <laughs> get this out, get this out. no, I have to, I have to, I have to shout her out because, like, when. All the crazy shit went down. If you want to hear about the crazy shit, you can go back to the halftime episode. Um, but when when all that shit went down, she was like, well, maybe you need to think about not teaching anymore. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I would do. You know, because the fact of the matter is I had trouble finding a gig before I started teaching. And she was like, you can do your photography and your art. And Come on, support I was system, like, man. And you got to think about yeah. when it all comes down to it. You are you, and that's it. When you like, you come into this world on your own. You leave on your own, but you pick up people on the way that you love and care for. You want to be there for them. So it's partly selfish. Shit, I want him to be around. <laughs> like you know, yeah. I want to. We planned on being together for a long time and being old on the porch and rocking and talking shit. What the so fuck you mean a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean mark said forever nigga yeah mm-hmm. forever a long time is there forever is a mighty long time <laughs> all right you but know. a long time ain't forever mark's so dramatic oh so dramatic <laughs> but i mean part it's partly i mean to be honest like i want him around i want him to be here i want him to see our grandkids you know what i mean and so if it's like saying got somebody pregnant <laughs> i can't deal <laughs> so, so if that means that you don't teach kids on you know we have on a daily basis we come up with ideas that can be monetized and so it's like we just gotta you know like it's different it's different to do it when you have a steady paycheck and you can say okay i'm gonna get this paycheck every other week you know what i'm saying versus like i'm gonna do what i really love and i'm gonna figure out how to make it happen and i think that I mean, unfortunately, you had to be knocked the fuck down to see, realize that you, yeah. you know, you could monetize the things that you have right in front of you. And it may be uncomfortable, but you know what? It may not be. It really may not be. It may just you may hit the ground and like literally spring into the air like a fucking airplane and that be it. And you sail higher and higher. And that's what I'm praying and hoping for. But I mean, and I'm gonna call you an overnight success because <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. I probably laugh self-made. <laughs> 
I'm going to get a tattoo on my neck that says self-made. Self-made. You going to get a new face, too? <laughs> like Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> so what you trying to say? You don't like this one? I mean, it's cute to me. I like oh, okay. it. Okay, I'm just checking. Uh-huh. Right. I had another follow-up joke that was going to really make Robin uncomfortable. Yeah. But I decided not to. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you appreciate it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Thank you, girl. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So to our listeners out there, can't, we should start doing video. You all can't see this, but I'm very proud that I'm we excited did. that we were we able to interview you. And so with your 2019 goals, oh, what sorry. does success to you as an artist look like? It depends on which day you ask, honestly. So today, what's the answer? Today? Well, I mean, as a constant, as a constant Success for me would be able to retire my wife from law. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that, like get to a point monetarily where she can do what the fuck she wants to do. Right. Like on some, not on some, like I went to school for this and I enjoy law, but on some, I want to start my own entertainment law firm or whatever the fuck it might be. That's probably not it, but what? It's just a patty shop. patty <laughs> shop. I'm still here for that. Hey, so we legit been talking about this small little spot. Don't give away our ideas. Oh yeah. Secure the bag first. I made a new jerk item, and it is amazing. Oh my god! When are you gonna bottle this fucking snowflake sauce though? So good. So good. <laughs> After I'm able to retire my wife, uh, okay, expendable cash. I'm gonna hold you. To that. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, so the success for me would be able to 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 allow my wife to take some time off from work, from working, to figure out what it is that she really wants to do for the rest of her life. Right, to be able to to be able for my son to go to college and not have shit to worry about and come out of college with a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a small thing, yeah. but it's a huge thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. for our kids to have no debt, like, that would be fucking amazing, oh, right? Or if, or if our son's like, hey, I want to take a gap year. Cool. What do you want to do? I want to travel. Cool. Go for it, right? And be able to not even be like, so what are you going to do for money, son? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who do you think go finance this shit? Cool. I'll do it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's success, being able to make sure that my family is able to live the lives that we want to live. And that ain't, nece- for us, that ain't necessarily Ferraris and mansions and shit. Like, we... For you. <laughs> Girl, shut your ass up. All you want is your patty shop. You be all right. And a G-Wagon. No, want the patty shop. Like G-Wagon. <laughs> Listen, but you know we can go get that G-Wagon from the auction for a third of the price. Yeah. So we ain't worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> but nah like for real like that's that's really it now the extreme goal mm-hmm. i mean it would be nice to be able to you know what I'm saying and i know my brother as he's listening to this is probably gonna feel some kind of way and that's fine but it'd be great to you know what i'm saying have that picasso wealth while i'm alive like have people really wanting wanting the work because the thing is like my work is black yeah. My work is black. Like Very that's black. it. Even if it's Hispanic, it's Afro Latino. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's black. Do you consider it political? Yes. Why? 
because being black in America is political as fuck. Like <laughs> being black, now. being black in this world yeah. is political as fuck. Now that all these people are making this move towards quote unquote nationalism, mm-hmm. which is really just saying, hey, we want to get you motherfuckers out of here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like it's political just because we're black and the work is black. So if I have people paying, you know, tons of money for this black ass work, like Kerry James Marshall, the fact that he's able to command the prices for his work that he's able to command and his work is black as shit. Mm-hmm. Right. That shit is beautiful to me. Now, granted, some of that shit might be fetishizing. Right. But Diddy's the one that also paid the millions of dollars for for Kerry James Marshall. That's great. Let me ask you a right? question. With uh, you, because you mentioned fetishizing, and my question is related to: Do you care who purchases your art and what they do with it? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because part of me is like, "Fuck you, fetishizing motherfuckers," because you know it's it's just like, it's like how would you know? And that's the thing. Like, Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. And. I'm a person that I try to see the good in everyone, <laughs> right? But the fact of the matter is there's evil out there too. And some of these people are like, you know, oh my God, the blacks. I love this because it shows the blacks. And it's like, cool. Uh, I don't particularly want a person that feels that way. Mm-hmm. That, that fetishizing shit that calls me a black. <laughs> I don't necessarily <laughs> want that person yeah. buying my work. But at the same time, it's like, you may not understand it, but you by purchasing that work, this black ass work, you're seeing value in blackness. And you may not even understand that shit, but it's like, damn, I get it. And eh, does that make it different? It does a little bit, right? It does. It does. So if I'm thinking, if I'm thinking with that mind, then no, I don't mind. Because one way or another, you found value in black ass art. Yeah. Right? Um, but if I'm if I'm feeling real fist in the air, it's like I don't want these cracker ass crackers buying my work. God damn it, Mark. It, <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know we're gonna get sponsored. I say that I say that in all jest people. Come yeah. back come on, please go watch the <laughs> Chappelle show episode. But uh but no, like, you know, it, it, I can feel like that sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know, that depends on how bad a black day I'm having. So that's real. <laughs> yeah, that is real. When you got to call in black because it's just one of those days. <laughs> call I literally black. had to call in black. I think I talked about that on, <laughs> on our halftime episode. Yeah. Like a student called me a nigga and on my way to work the next day, like I was like, I wish a nigga would. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to happen today. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, I had to, uh, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. It's a bad black day. Like it's, <laughs> well, so I sat at home and watched Roots. So, no, oh, that made it better. <laughs> or Rosewood. So we've talked about the, what you define as success for your art. What kind of impact do you want your art to have? Because um, those are two different things. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I'm seeing it happen now with other people's work. And it's kind of the same thing, right? So when we... When we look at that uh, post of the young girl standing in front of the Michelle Obama painting Mm -hmm. by Amy Sherald, Mm -hmm. right? And she's looking at it like something's familiar about that. She sees his black face, right? Like, that's dope as shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Dawn's photo, right? Like, that that (laughs) shit's amazing. I absolutely love that, you know? Um, And even though my son right now isn't, he's not very concerned with the work that I make. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
such a 14-year-old. Oh, my God. Such a 14-year-old. But one day I hope for him to stand in front of a piece that I've done, that I've created, and be proud, mm. not only to be my son, but to be a black man. You know what I'm saying? Because of something that he sees in that work. I want people to be proud of who they are as black people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because even in the bullshit that we do, there's amazing creativity. <laughs> right? Yeah. The way that we curse people out. Ooh. That shit cannot be <laughs> rivaled. You know what I'm saying? It's poetic. You know what I'm Always. saying? The way that mothers the way that mothers disrespect young black girls' boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> like and that, that is shit the is world creative. Over. Yeah. World yeah. My over. God, yes, yes. You know, like that shit is beautiful. So I want I want people to see more of that. Because the thing is like in my work, I don't want to just show the polished beauty of it. I want everybody to see the ugly shit too, right? Because there's a transformative quality in art where even that bullshit, when you see it, right? When you see poverty in a painting, Mm -hmm. there's something about it that makes it beautiful and makes you be able to appreciate that shit for something more than, damn, that's sad. Because it don't look like a Sally Struthers in the arms of an angel-ass commercial. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that. It's like, yo, this is what it is. But then... When I think about, like for myself, when I think about growing up poor, I think about playing football in the street, playing sideline kill, playing as a football game where if you touch the grass, you get tackled. But if you're on the concrete, it's touch. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I got a scar right here from that shit. Try to. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, But anyway. But no, doing things like that, racing barefoot down the street. You know what I'm saying? Cool cup, the cool cup lady. They don't even right. have cool cup ladies no more. You know why? Do you, want, do you want your kids to eat food out of some stranger's house in 2018? Man, 19. Bring, bring back the, oh, yes, yeah, 2019. 2019. Bring back Hell community, no. man. Yeah, but but that's community. what I'm saying, yeah. though. Like, we have to. But, you know, like, that, that's the kind of shit I think about when I think about growing up poor. But I also think about eating the hell out of ramen noodles, dry ramen noodles like them hoes chips. Because you can't With go the to the crunch. store and buy yeah. no chips, right? See, they ain't ten cents a pack. Good, baby. Yeah. They sure ain't ten cents a pack with the, the seasoning. Yeah, no, nah, they not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or, or eating red beans and rice for two weeks, mm-hmm. and then having that shit frozen and eat that shit another two weeks, six months from now, right? Like that kind of shit. Yeah. Which is why I don't eat leftovers now. But whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think about those kind of things, and that shit is both beautiful and ugly at the same fucking time. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that you're able to see in work. So I want people to be able to see that in my work and be able to see themselves and be able to see the things that are beautiful about them and the shit that probably needs some work. Hmm. So do you feel like your upbringing influences your work? Like, yes, more very than, much on a couple uh, different sides. Okay. Cause I was going to say, explain more, more. I, you just talked about your background as far as like growing up poor, but yeah. what are some other ways that your background influences your work? Um, so my family would not necessarily be described as the typical African American family. Um, nobody in my house ate or made soul food. Uh, like that ain't some shit that we did. Like, <laughs> My mom was making egg rolls in the hood, like <laughs> burritos and shit. Like, this seems like a very Mimi thing. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. But like, I, I, I know would, your mother, and that's that seems. She would make a stir fry, yeah. like you know. Um, I was even though we were growing up in the hood, there were some things that were anomalous about my mom. Like, my mom was very well educated. Like, she's a brilliant woman. Not saying anybody else's mothers aren't brilliant, 
But I'm saying generally uh, there's a there's a educational divide in the hood. Right. And, you know, my mom, she had a little bit more understanding of things. Now, she definitely had a serious trepidation towards certain things as well (laughs) that that influenced some things also. But, you know, that that definitely helped us, you know. Um, But in some ways we were just regular ass dudes like gangs Mm -hmm. did that. Like, (laughs) you know, what I'm saying everybody in the hood has somebody in their family that probably sold drugs. Yep. Had that. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was, you know, so it and I think about all of those things. Right. And even my project, all my niggas is saints. Like that's one of the big things that I'm thinking about growing up. Right. Like where we see these dudes now, they look scary as shit with tattoos all over them. And you know what I'm saying? Standing outside, drinking a 40, smoking a blunt or a black or both. You know what I'm saying? Like that's scary as shit to people. One behind the ear. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's scary as shit to people. Walking through the hood and seeing dudes with their shirts off, with their shirts in their back pocket or hanging on their belt, right? Like that shit's scary, right? But I bet you, I bet you, if your mom needs to get groceries out the car, them niggas will help. Right? Yeah. You get jumped by some motherfucker that ain't from your hood, them niggas will help. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? If some shit really goes down. Right. Like, say you lose a family member, them niggas will be right there with you, making sure that you're good. Right. But from the outside looking in like, oh, those are just no good niggas. But it's like all my niggas is saints. All my niggas is saints. Like everybody, like no one is monolithic. Right. No one. No one. So these same dudes that people looked at crazy that might have been the biggest drug dealers might have beat the shit out of everybody might have pulled a gun on somebody. Them niggas is saints. But the circumstances define decisions that they made, right? So I feel like I got off topic, but I felt yeah. like that was important to say. That was the, the uh, question was what influences <laughs> yes, your background. Yes. So seeing all of those things influenced uh, is definitely influencing the work in that I want to talk about those things, right? Like eventually I want to do a series called Invisible Man, but it's not the the Ralph uh, Ellison joint. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not that. It's it's about a person in my life who described himself as the invisible man because that motherfucker wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's it's examining like the idea of of what you think that means, right? Like for him, like what do you think that means, and for me, what that means, right? Because to him, it's like, hey, I'm the invisible man. I'm there, but you don't know it. Yeah, but did we ever play catch? If I threw the ball, would you catch it and throw that hell back? Like, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At, at my graduation, did I just have my arm up in the air and you were under that motherfucker? Or was it just me and my mom? Mm. Like, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, everything, everything that I've experienced, I want to make sure that I'm bringing forward in my work and talking about because there are other people that have been there. There are way too many people that are my age that grew up without their dads who are doing a fucking amazing job being dads. Statistics that, show. Statistics show. Studies. <laughs> have shown you know the what I'm science the, the motherfucking science mm. of course that means nothing to donald trump but that's a whole nother thing but no like i want to make sure that there that representation that representational image is out there for people to see for people to understand that maybe shit is different than they thought it was yeah. right for people to change their perception they have to experience things and if that if you don't put it in their face they'll never even start to think about it and as long as my work is able to plant that seed, 
you know, based on my experiences, I'm happy. So I got another question for you. Was that sexy? <laughs> um, I see like there are a lot of um artists that you guys have interviewed mm-hmm. that um they have themselves in their work. There's some that yeah. don't ever put themselves in their work. With you, I look at your um like Instagram and other work that I've seen of you and I haven't seen you in your work. Are you going to put yourself in in your work and uh I'm in, show I'm in my work. I'm in all of my work. Okay. Fair I'm enough. I'm in all of my work. Fair enough. Because my perspective is me. Okay. Right? So now I will say I have done some self portraits. Mm. <laughs> you and they're taking selfies. I got I got some better than selfies. I got some shit. I don't even think I have those in my archive anymore. But I got some shit because when I was really going through some shit mentally, I did a self portrait series, a nude self portrait series. Um, uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> And I got you can't you can tell us naked, but you can't see it. Y'all can't see. Oh no, that's because those aren't the ones that I posted. The one, yeah, they they were, yeah. Um, and they were to me, they were beautiful. They were haunting the motherfucker. Mm -hmm. They were uncomfortable for me to look at, just because it's like, bro, I'm I'm naked. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's I'm naked. Did you feel vulnerable? Yeah, than a motherfucker. But that was the point. Mm -hmm. That was the point. Like. My thing was, I have to be more me. And I'm still wrestling with that. Mm. Like, I have to be more me. I'm even more weird than you motherfuckers now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Imagine that. Well, probably not more weird than Vernique knows. She knows how, how fucking weird I am. Like, Because she's weird as shit. But she don't like to show people that. Vernique is weird. But, not. but no, like, I, when I did that series, it was like, I need to kind of shed all the things that are hiding me mm-hmm. so it was it was a metaphor but also i was in art school and everybody's naked in art school you will see everyone's genitals in art school that's just a thing i actually wanted you to talk about art school um can you talk like what does that look like what are there any classes that you really enjoyed uh, is that something that you recommend for other artists that are interested in i going recommend to school for making art? art reading art and watching documentaries <laughs> and, right. and 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 hanging out with other artists art school is cool but i feel like for for me i feel like i learned more outside of art school i learned more from talking to my friends who are professional artists than i ever did in the classroom Mm -hmm. i feel like technically i learned more from my brother who's a photographer than i learned in art school but i will say while i was at hcc um eric zapata was my professor there and i learned more from eric in a semester than i learned from anybody artistically the entire time i was in school wow now i will say shannon duncan was dope shannon duncan she was also a professor at u of h um she did some adjunct work at um hcc as well she also helped with a lot of things but the thing she helped with was more like more motivational like get your shit together francis you make <laughs> you make beautiful in, images but you need to get your shit together so um that was and that's very important she makes some really cool work as well um but i mean it's just it, it's just like picking what college you're going to go to whether or not you're going to go to art school mm. you have to figure out if that's a good fit for you if you feel like you have your technical skills down and you want to learn more theory you have to find a school that pushes more theory than they do um technical skills right 
Um, if you're just picking up a camera and you want to learn about the technical side, you have to find a school that's going to teach you that technical side and not so much the theory because you got to get that shit down first. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, it's really a matter of what's better for you, what's going to work for you um, and how you learn. So, yeah. But I had fun meeting people in art school. Yeah. <clears throat> that was cool. So I guess we're almost done. Yeah, so, I mean, you want to talk about kind of what you're going to be working on in the next coming weeks and months and yeah. the new year? Well, in the next couple of weeks, we're trying to wrap up this uh this podcast, season this first one. season. What's happening? It's wild to me uh, that we've done a whole season. And we've had an amazing season. Hey. I tell you that. Yeah. Every time we stop recording, I'm like, man, yeah. we have, like, yeah. when we look back, we're going to be like, we did a lot of shit and i'm celebrating the small victories too because i'm like we got 340 something 350 followers on instagram Mm -hmm. it's like hey what's up and motherfuckers like that shit ain't fifteen thousand. no it's not but it ain't zero either motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) and that engagement yeah yeah that's the other part and that's the thing yes and it's it's it's, and we ain't buy them hoes yeah Mm. Mm. hello and not only that like the people that follow us like Yes, there are a lot of laypersons and enthusiasts that follow us. But say. there are a lot of artists. <laughs> yeah. There are galleries that yeah. follow us. There are artists that, like, I'm looking at their work and I'm like, say, bro, what's up with season two? <laughs> and they don't even know. Yeah. But I'm about to hit them. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to hit them. Mm-hmm. A couple of them I have, and they already sent me emails. Yeah. They don't know that I'm plotting on them for season two, but I am. Um, so for the couple of you that know who you are, <laughs> be ready, motherfucker. No, but yeah, so I'm, I, I'm super excited. Um, and also like the last couple weeks of 2018 and I posted this on Instagram. I was going to say, you're going to share big news. Yeah. Um, it's awesome that the season two of Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast will be brought to you in part by Houston Arts Alliance. <laughs> Which is basically the city of Houston. <laughs> Mayor Sylvester Turner. Nice. Um, Shout out to Mayor Turner. Yeah. Come on. He's, he's dope. I, I, I have enjoyed him in his tenure. I know he, he says some unpopular things and done some unpopular things, but I mean, everybody ain't going to like everything you do, you know? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, you um, ain't tell them what they did yet. You yeah. Just, oh. In part by. Well, what does yes, that mean? We're sponsored in part by. So we basically applied for a grant called Let Creativity Happen. Um, I'm not entirely sure how many people receive the grant, how many awardees there are. But we did. But we are one of them. I know Lovey Olivier. Congrats. will hopefully be on season two. Um, I know she received um, one of the grants as well. Um, So, yeah, that's going to help us with um, different production things, a little bit of promotions of the the podcast as well as well as an event that we're going to be doing with uh brian ellison um this is exciting guys that, yes. know. rocky looked up because she's like i don't know about this yet. <laughs> yeah we haven't talked about that yet, but yeah yes. we haven't talked about it but, yes, I, yes, I, yes. but I trust you i trust the but, yeah. yeah so that and you know hopefully we'll do a, a couple other events um as well in 2019 but personally, I am going to be working on. I'm fo- I'm trying to focus on specifically on two projects: all my niggas and saints, and give them their flowers. Um, both of those are portrait series, um, but they 
are very different from one another. Um, similarities in that they're portraits, but they're very different from one another. And I'm excited to get started, like get really started on that. I've done a couple of like early drawings for those, but they're not exactly where I want to be. So I think I'm going to keep keep working on that, um, on the aesthetics of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be working on those. Um, I'm excited to be working on Vark and Company greeting cards. Oh, um, I got mine for Christmas. <laughs> I was very selective about who I gave them out to. Oh, thank Hello. you. But yes, we, we are doing cards, uh, greeting cards. Some of them are hand drawn. Um, they're very fun and silly. Um, I think y'all like them. They're time. joyful. They they are joyful. And they're and black. black as hell. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are black as hell. But don't worry if you're not black. You can buy you them can for buy your black friends. Uh, or or keep I'm joking. Them. Or, or keep them joking. for yourself. That's a microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called culturally connecting. I but totally <laughs> gave one to my boss. You, <laughs> you can definitely share them with your friend Felicia that you just told bye to. Uh, <laughs> Was that a little shady? Sorry. Um, yes, queen. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> Y'all get on my nerves. But no, uh, Vark and Company, um, which you can find us on Etsy at Vark and Co. No space, no nothing. Just V as in Victor, A R K as in King, and A N as in Nancy, D as in David, Co. C O. Charlie Oscar. That's it. <laughs> All right. I know someone um, writing that shit out like, wait, what? V-A-R-K-A-N-D yeah. <laughs> Co. Vark and Co. Yes. Um, that is a mixture of Vernique and Mark Vark. It's our <laughs> celebrity name. It's our yep. celebrity name. But yeah, so that too. Um, I'm looking forward to more husbanding mm. and more fathering. Oh. Mm. Come on, um, black love. Come on, Not black more family. fathering as in having another oh, child this no. year. Not right now. We have a little terror at home. She's um, so cute. She is adorable. She's cute, but she will bite your head off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's shit, that's enough. But I know I'm probably yeah. going to be doing more. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that sounds like a great 2019. Yeah. yeah. I, Let's I, go. I want to make sure I'm showing the work, too. So there might be some random one-offs that I do here and there for shows and things like that. But yeah, So where can they follow you, Mark the Creative? You can follow me at M. Francis Creative on Instagram. M. Francis Creates on Twitter. <laughs> you got a website? And my website that is currently in flux is mfrancescreative.com. That's mfrancescreative.com. Uh, it'll be in the in the link at the bottom. Or, yeah, it will. M. Francis Creativo punto com. <laughs> I can't see you. Jay. You can't see my eyes roll. Yes. But uh, you like it when I talk to you. Spanglish, <laughs> Well, Mark, thank you for Dame, you. Beso, Mark. Mm. All right. Okay, sorry. Mark, uh, <laughs> thank you shit, for allowing us to interview you as the creative. Um. This is Raquel Simone, which, by the way, you can follow me on Instagram at Black Girl Meets World. For those of you who I accidentally blocked on Raquel <laughs> Simone, please charge that to my head. 
I forgot that we had a podcast that was public and that Mark was telling people to follow us. Yes. And so I was like, nope, nope, nope. But <laughs> that's my bad. So don't follow Raquel Simone. <laughs> follow at Black Girl Meets World. You know, like Boy Meets World with uh, Ben Savage. Yeah, that. Yes, but it's Black Girl Meets World. And I, I, it's a public profile, so I won't block you or reject it. My bad. Please don't take it personal. You can follow me there. And if you're listening to the podcast and you have not followed the podcast on Instagram, it is Arts Explanatory, comma, and yeah, it's Arts Explanatory. Follow us. And then on Twitter, it's X, comma, pod, E-X, comma, pod. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to what you were saying. So thank you for listening. This is Raquel Simone. Vernique Francis. And Mark Francis, the artist. <laughs> you in this fucking accent. <laughs> Mark Francis, the artist. Please follow me and understand that it is lovely to be able to talk to you. And I hope you come back soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, and peace. <laughs>